You're listening to Rocket Night. Hi, Cherise. This is Lester Chambers of the legendary Chambers Brothers. I'd like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for caring for musicians and letting the whole entire world know we rock at night. about your new album that's uh, yeah. out India Seattle and uh, you were saying before to me that it's not a place India yeah. Seattle explain to me what that means well why you named it that that it's not a place yeah isn't, uh, it, isn't that what you well, said it's not a I city think the, I think the title well, yes, I, I do find a lot of people are Always asking me about the title, which I, yeah. which I like love and hate, because um, I think it is like, you know, the title is it does mean like yeah, India the, the country, mm-hmm. and Seattle the city, um, very much so, um, but I think it's not like specifically about like, like uh, it's not specifically about like oh me like going to those places and having like time there, mm-hmm. it is like. For me, that like the title is representative of like um, for me a, a like a specific person and also like a time in my life. But it's just these two places are like the most specific and representative and metaphorical of like that like relationship for me. I would say and um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought like for some reason the, the title just like. I knew this album like should be called that. I actually tried for the tried for the longest time to not call it. Mm-hmm. You know, Indie Seattle or like change the name or something. Um, but I ended up just having to like name it that, which is its which is its rightful name, I guess. So yeah, that's what we'll yeah. I don't know. As as far as India goes, are you are you into uh, Eastern religion or cultures? Uh, nope. I think um, it was just this like, um, you know, I kind of thought I would always just basically just like go there, go on a trip. I think people I've had lots of friends who like spent time in India or went there on a trip, and it's always kind of this really interesting kind of experience that people can't explain. Uh, because I think it's such a case it's kind of the most like foreign culture mm-hmm. in so many senses um, just because so, like, it's so kind of like eastern when you live in North America or the west I think it's the most starkly different culture probably mm-hmm. in the world um, so it sounds exotic uh, yeah yeah but I don't know if exotic though it's hard People, I, there's people always that go, that go there and like friends of mine, and they don't come back and like, oh, it's so fun, it's so exotic. 
they're like, oh, it like kind of fucking sucked, actually. Well, there's a lot of poverty there. <laughs> but, what's that? There's a lot of poverty. Yeah, and it's, it's just a hard, it's a hard place, I guess. So. But then if you think about it, look at all these people in the 60s, like the Beatles that would go to India and do all the spiritual stuff. Yeah. You know, get closer to God or whatever that they were trying to, they were trying to find something, it seems. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I think in a, like there's the movie Darjeeling Limited, is this movie, that's one of my favorite ones, and it's about these kind of like, um, you know, American brothers that are kind of go there on this like, you know, family trip, in a sense, and I think everybody goes to like, you know, I find a lot of people like go to India and they, mm -hmm. um, they kind of have the idea that they're going to like, oh, have, have that spiritual experience or like find something. Mm -hmm. In reality, like I think sometimes that's a bad way to go on like a trip it's because if you don't like, you know, if you go somewhere, like hit the road and you expect, you know, yeah. to be enlightened or you kind of expect a certain experience, if you don't get it, I think you're really disappointed. Yeah, it's a letdown. I feel, like if, it's I feel a like if I ever went to India, the country, I would, I would really try not to expect a lot mm -hmm. because often expectations are not true of what. Uh, you know, something will be like, you know? I know exactly what you mean. It's better to just have an open mind and not get your hopes yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. people, people seem yeah. to be on these journeys lately. I've, I notice even with friends where they're hitchhiking across the country or doing these walks, like, you know, thousand mile walks or whatever i just i almost feel people are searching for something today i don't know i think that i think that's like great um but also but i think there's like you know going into it with if you go into it with the mind of like you know of, just, of being very open mm -hmm. i think that's probably the best idea because if you're going you know if you're trying to get a specific thing i think that's not often how the world works yeah is like you know is and that, like, if you if the album, like, one of the themes of the album is, like, you know, hence the, like, feathers on the cover. I noticed. I was going to ask you, is that kind of your trademark or something? What's with the feathers? Well, we just, like, kind of this theme of, like, you know, life isn't what you expect it to be, generally. And I think, I think you know, expectations are a pretty hard thing because that's not, I don't think that's the way the world works, you know? Well, the feathers, and, is that like a Native American thing, or? No, I just, just, just pick some feathers to put on there. You just like I the like feathers. seen the title sequence, The Forest Gump. Yeah, that's it, that, That's what I was going to, that was my next question, The Forest Gump, how the feather floats around and throughout. Yeah, I just it, say that. Yeah. I just say it. I just say it like, there's oh. a very loose reference to that. Wow. I mean, there's a lot of symbolism and, like you said, metaphors in, oh. in, most of your work that I don't know if people would pick up on it though. Yeah. It seems more uh -huh. personal. Yeah, it's pretty personal, yeah. Like uh, East Shore, West Shore, you, you were saying that there's metaphors with that. What does that mean to you? What does the song mean? Yeah, well the song and just, it's a comparison contrast almost, East Shore, West Shore. Uh, if you could repeat, because we were talking about that on Friday. Yeah. Um, well, like, the song is about, like, 
The song is about a long-distance relationship, or a lack thereof, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and specifically, yeah, it's about like two places on Vancouver Island, one being Victoria, mm-hmm. one being Tofino, mm-hmm. which are like pretty different, like for on either side of the island, kind of. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what it's that's what it's about. It's like, yeah, I think it holds a metaphor, but it's also very like specific. I think good songs are generally like really specific, but also really universal. Mm-hmm. And but a lot of your songs deal with where you're from, the Pacific Northwest. Do you think that people can relate to it, your songs in other areas? I think like anybody relates to a story, you know, and if a story is like set, if a story has like a setting, um, people like can get into that. You just can just like paint this picture, right? The way. Someone can get into, like, you know, I love the movie Forrest Gump, but I've never mm-hmm. been to the South. Mm-hmm. But they kind of paint that, you know, they paint that picture, and you can kind of get into that world. And it doesn't mean that it means less, because I've never been to, you know, Greenwood, Alabama. Mm-hmm. It just means that, like, it just means that maybe, like, um, I'm, I'm more into the story because it's more imaginative because I don't have my own personal references to that. I see. Well, it's like, histo- you know, it's like historical place. historical novels. We, we we didn't live back in, let's say, the yeah. 1600s, but we can still kind of relate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, totally. humans don't change much, do they? Yeah, but I think, as, I think <laughs> as a writer, you need to be writing about like what you know or what you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Often what you know or can imagine is like, you know, yeah, is the place you are from. You know, I'm not going to, I don't think it's the most honest thing to, like, mm-hmm. write songs with the setting of the Deep South when I, like, don't know anything about it because it'll be True. hard to, to have something good to say, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, just, it's just familiarity and, okay, I, I can get that. Mm-hmm. Now, you said your background is in English literature. I mean, obviously your music is poetry set to music. Yeah. Do you consider yourself yeah. to be a poet or a musician? What What do you think? Um, just a musician. Yeah, I think like a songwriter for sure. Mm-hmm. Say a poet, I'd say like lots of yeah. There's a lot of poetic like elements and like nature to like a lot of songs in this record. But um, but I'm definitely like a musician and like a songwriter. That's what I would think, mm-hmm. and like an artist. And generally, those things carry a lot of. You have you wear a lot of hats. Mm-hmm. That you know. Well, you are well as as a poet or a, a songwriter. You're painting a picture for people to visualize in their head, but you're using words. Mm-hmm. And there's there's specific like blue above the green. I can. It's funny when I listen to that and I hear the words. I really picture everything in my head. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I'm sure that was intentional. And it's that song is, is that's your single. It's a real standout. Yeah, I uh, see thanks. Is that your I favorite? Like, is that your favorite or Um No, it's not my favorite. Um but I do think that's like I do think it's a good it's a good song. And it like does you know what I said about it being um uh, but specific and universal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that right, the first lyrics to that song are it says we hiked up the mountain in the woods. I thought maybe we could make out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's it. And it's 
you look up through the branches at the sky and we name the constellations. You know, that's a very, that's like so universal in a lot of ways. Exactly. Because like everybody's gone on for, you know, everybody's gone on a hike, you know, up a hill or a mountain. True. Like in the, in the evergreens maybe. And also everybody's like felt, you know, felt that time when they are infatuated with somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also that, that moment is like a very specific, like, like that's a, that's a specific person, that's a specific day. In a specific like park, Gold Stream Park outside of Victoria, you know, BC, and I like know it was in April, right? It was like mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. it was the early summer, mm-hmm. you know, or in the spring, and you know, the spring is the time of you know, spring is the time of like of love or infatuation, right, of the season. And so I think like yeah, I have a lot of like there's a lot of universal things in that song, but it's also like very specific to me, and I think that's how you can kind of choose the. That's how you can like choose the things to say and choose the things to tell people. Mm-hmm. Is when like you were there and you tasted and touched and smelled and felt things. Yeah. And you and kind of the medium for other people to understand that and hear that in the like the words are like kind of some of the universal natures of them. So, you know, when it says you looked up through the branches of the sky and you named the constellations, people kinda of know that feeling or what that, you know, what that is. Whereas if it's something like way too you know, it's it's describing. Yeah, I think it's just like it's just like describing like you're in a situation and what is around you. So I don't know what else does that song say. Uh, it's kind of like well, it made me think. You know, like Van Morrison, Brown Eyed Girl, or certain songs he does. Yeah. You get kind of a visual, and I kind of got a visual with that one. Yeah. And and I liked and it sounds. I, I called it kind of Mumford and Sons sounds like it kind of sounds like Mumford and Sons. Yeah. At first, I thought you had a violin, and then I saw the video. You have a cello. Uh, oh, that song? Uh, yeah, there's a violin on the record. But okay, hello, that's but mi- so I did hear the violin. I also heard keyboards. Is there uh, are there keyboards? I thought there were keyboards. I put a question mark. Um, on the recorded song? Okay. Yeah, on the recorded song. Um, yeah, I think there. I think there is. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't really remember actually. I when I listen to songs, I dissect them in my head. <laughs> also, I, 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 I play least... music, so I always like to hear all the different instruments yeah, and, no, and, and the arrangements. You know how they are. Yeah. And then, uh, Another uh, song that really stood out to me is "More Than the Summer." Yeah. I call that, it's almost an alternative rock song, I call it, like an indie rock yeah. song. Yeah. And uh, good. another one I liked a lot was Hell Exists. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one's really fun live, playing it. Yeah, because I think yeah. with the acoustic guitar, and it has a pretty good beat and everything, and uh, yeah, yeah I, I really like that one a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did you start writing music or playing music? I mean, were you in the school band, or what's kind of your background? Um, I started playing drums when I was about 13 okay. years old in a Blink-182 cover band and at church. Okay. So those are two slightly opposing, you know, places. Well, they're kind of, think, some, some of the churches are kind of modern nowadays, so. <laughs> uh, Blink, you know, Blink-182 is a little, uh. Little, they're you know they're yeah. they're uh, you know pop punk band. True, true. That was so they have an album called "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket." So yeah, I guess there would I, be. I, yeah, I hear you. I, I so I think those generally were, it's like you know two, 
two uh, kind of two opposing themes. Yeah, yeah. In some I, ways, I, but I but I think that that speaks to me in some ways. Being kind of in the um, neck of the woods of both of those. So. so, so you had a you liked punk music. I mean, you 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 don't. Just... Um, well, it was like it was like pop. I was just I just grew up in a small town and said yes to the kids that wanted to, you know, kind of the the more badass kids that needed someone to play drums in their garage with them mm-hmm. and have a beer or two. So I mm-hmm. said yes. So I wouldn't say I was into punk music, but I'd say I but learned to play that was what the, the drum kids, beats. Right, right. The kids were doing that. So, um, I mean, what did you listen to growing up? What were the kind of groups that you felt an affinity towards? What did I listen to? Yeah. Um, I don't know. What did I listen to? I didn't like. I grew up on a farm. I didn't listen to. I didn't listen to a ton of music. I listened to that. I probably started listening to music in like, I was like grade seven or eight, which was like some stuff that was like kind of from church and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Blink One Eighty Two. I learned all the. I learned the drums off that. That was actually one of the first. So you really, you were kind of isolated. You weren't really. Um, you're almost untainted in a sense. All your styles uh, you kind of developed on your own. I mean, you didn't really well, I, pick it up. I grew, from... up very, I grew up in a very rural place. Yeah. Um, well, tell me about it because that's different. I mean, what? I mean, you lived on a farm. I mean, there were farm animals, or I mean, let's let's talk about that. Uh, we had pigs and a wheat, mostly a wheat and grain farm. Oh, okay. So it's okay. like an hour outside of Calgary, Alberta. There's what most people if they go there, they think it feels like it's in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just like I'm very rural is the, is the best way to put it. So you're not like you know, no one played a lot of music around there. A pretty like is a pretty like um, religious community as a whole. Mm-hmm. Conservative, I would presume. Uh. Yeah, you could you could say that pretty easily. Yeah, which I don't which I don't see as a I don't say that I don't use the word conservative a ton because sometimes in the in the more musical worlds it's seen as a negative word, um, but it definitely was like a conservative mm-hmm. um, place. But also just like more importantly, that it's very rural because you don't get a lot of you know you don't get a lot of music in super mm-hmm. rural environments in you know on the prairies or something. So if you were to buy something, uh, do you, did you even have internet? I mean... Uh, like, a few years behind anybody who'd live in a major city, that's for sure. Uh-huh. But, like, you know, I, I, we had dial-up till I graduated high school. This is, mm-hmm. that, was ten, that was 10 years ago, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I remember, like, grades 11, 12, starting downloading stuff on Napster. Yeah, but yeah. it was but it was super super slow. Yeah, I did that too. Um, and it was just like I wouldn't say like I don't look back to then even and think like mm-hmm. I remember listening to like Coldplay when it was a grade. I liked them too. 10, 11, 12 in high school or something. Right in the nineties. Like Rush Blood to the Head, Parachute, and that was kind of just like you know what was I was kind of subject to in some ways. But I but I think back then you you don't even have you know you don't have the internet to discover. You know, to discover a ton of things. So you're basically like listening to the radio mm-hmm. a little bit, and like, but you know, it's not like today where you can go and discover like any kind of popular music True. on the internet. Or there was like very few like 
you know, there's not a lot of shows, especially in, like, that rural environment. You can, like, go drive to the city for an hour and maybe, like, go to some shows. Wow. There. But it's not like there was no music scene, really. I find it fascinating. It's almost like Kings of Leon. <laughs> yeah. You know, because they had a, like a kind of a isolated religious background, and then they just kind of busted loose. <laughs> yeah. And they're a really good band. Uh, that's why, I mean, so you just started like you, after the drums, you just what, picked up the guitar and you just started singing for your own pleasure? I mean, how did this all evolve? Uh, yeah, I think so. That's kind of how I did it. Well, like, my, yeah, I would like, I don't know, I played, I was listening to Blink-22 and playing in church. So I just played some church songs on the guitar after that. And I started to play, and then Cole plays a little chiller than Blink-22, so I play... Mm-hmm. Those kind of things, maybe. Mm-hmm. But and I think I just started. I think I I wanted to write and like play in a band that didn't kind of suck and mm-hmm. people who didn't know, you know. Um, I wanted to like kind of do my own thing because like maybe the you know the first band I was in it was just like we had some fun and played some shows, but it wasn't too mm-hmm. like like it wasn't something that like lasted or was you know, even, like, did a ton or anything like that, so. So, did, like, when you went to college, is that when you started thinking about music as a profession? I'm just trying to figure uh, out a little bit about your, your history here. I moved to Germany when I graduated high school, and mm-hmm. I I played a bunch of music um, over there, actually. Oh, okay. There's this, like, small English-speaking school of, like, 100 students, and there was like, there's kind of just like a lot of music there, in some senses. So I think that's kind of where I got my first taste of like, all right, this is, and it was a big part of like the community and the people. There was just a lot of like who are playing songs and like always like putting stuff together. And it was like really fun. It was like a, it was kind of like a gap year um, of like mostly like college age people. And so I think when, then when I came back to Canada, um, after that, I did go to school for music for two years. Okay. Because I was kind of really intrigued, but I didn't know, I didn't know a lot, you know, about you know music or how to get good or how to even like play a show or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so so okay, we went to Germany out of high school, or or you went to high school there? I'm trying to. Um, right after high school, like a after gap year. Hi- after high school. Program. So that really was a big culture shock in a sense, probably going from rural, rural Calgary over to Germany. Uh, yeah, like it was good. Like my two best friends died in my last year of high school. So I was like definitely keen on like leaving this town that was, you know, I'd grown up in my whole life and had a bit of like a, a bitter taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Like really mm-hmm. stoked to like, you know, you're 18, you're 19 years old. You want to like travel the world. True. True. So I was like, I was like pretty stoked on that. Um, so, and it was like, it was a it was like weird, you know, American, Canadian, German subculture there. <laughs> like, no, nah, like it wasn't like true Germany. And so, I mean, you hung with all probably Americans and Canadians. And <laughs> yeah, they're a third, a third American, third Canadian, a third German. It's, it's like being at a military base. Well, well we have military bases in Germany, yeah. so you're isolated. Yeah. You're, you're not really German in Germany. So, yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. So yeah. then, and then you went to school for music, and then you started taking it seriously. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, so how did you hone in your style? 
I mean, did you go to coffee shops or you just, this is just you? This is straight you with no influence. Uh, Someone grab the beach dial. Yeah. Um, yeah. My style, I don't see. Uh, I don't, I just, I don't know. I just started listening to music. I think you're always, like, as an artist, you're always, like, crafting your style because, A, you are who you are. Mm -hmm. You are where, you know, where you're from. But then you're also, like, when you're an artist, you're not satisfied with, you know, you're not satisfied with what you're currently doing most of the time, you know? If you are, you can be like, oh, that song is great. Like, I love the song they wrote, but the next album that you do, you're not like, oh, let's just do that same thing again. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you're always, like, trying to evolve, you know? I, I for sure. So, right now, are you a full-time musician, or do you have a day job? A lot of people I talk to have day jobs. I mean, what's... Um, I, I don't have a day job. I just play music. Okay, um, so you're full-time, then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I live, you know, I'm live, I'm 29. I live pretty cheaply. I go on the road a lot, specifically. Mm-hmm. Um... Now, the name of the album is uh, India, Seattle, but you have quite of other, I saw on the internet, you have quite a other, lot of, how I say it? You have a lot of other albums. What number is this? Can you hear me? Oh, this is, yeah, this is, um, this is, like, I'd say my sophomore album. I do have, like, you know, I released another uh, full length in 2011, and then I've released a couple, like, you know, five songs. Oh, maybe that's what I see. So what, what, which, what's yeah. the other album was, is that the East Shore, West Shore? Um, so my last album is called The Last of Our Mountains. The Last of Our Mountains. Okay, let me put yeah. that down. Is That's al- that's album one then, album yeah. one. And the others are all EPs, like Hide From the Seasons, The Country Where I Came From, East Shore, West Shore. Those are all, those uh, are all EPs. Then. So Hide From the Seasons uh, is my first solo EP. And then The Last of Mountains is the first solo album. And then The Country Where I Came From was just a, like a 7-inch okay. with More Than the Summer on it in 2012. And then India Seattle here is 2015, second okay. album. Okay. So the India Seattle got that. Uh, now you're down in Albuquerque. Are you going, is this a, a tour or this is just a one-shot deal or what? Yeah, we're doing a, I think there's what, 17 dates. Um, the tour, so we're playing. Um, yeah, this is kind of the this is third show of the tour. Okay, and this is this is mostly from your new album, then mostly all the songs you're doing. Yeah, that's why we're on tour, mm-hmm. supporting the new album. Yeah. Now, where are you going? Mostly mountain areas. I mean, you're in New Mexico. Where Where are you going now? Um, Flagstaff, New Mexico, San Diego, Orange County, Los Angeles. Oh, wow. San Francisco, Portland, Seattle. You're working your way back up. Spokane, a few other places in Washington, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of, that's the, that's the gist of it, yeah. I saw that you have a Kickstarter for 12-inch vinyl. Is that still going on? You want to talk about that? Um, that I did this summer. It ended at the end of August, and I was just kind of raising a little bit of support and awareness and money to, um, to get this. Yeah, to get Indie Seattle on 12-inch vinyl press. Mm-hmm. I actually just got these. We were in outside of San Diego yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I just got them, you know, two days ago there. And so we assembled the first 
in 60 vinyls, and I'm looking at them oh, right wow. now. Let me, let me you're in this theater in Albuquerque. Let me write this down. So your vinyls are out now. Yep. 12-inch uh, vinyls or 6-inch, you said? What? These are 12-inch albums. 12-inch vinyls. Okay, so they're out now for, for the new album. How nice is yeah. that? That's excellent. In fact, I've been I've been trying to drag my turntable out to get it set up. I like yeah. albums. <laughs> so, what's what's in store for 2016? That's my last question. Um, well, 20 2015 here is the busy one, and oh, after okay. this, yeah, I'm kind of I'll take three or four months off the road and probably just like write a bunch and play play a few select shows kind of locally. Mm -hmm. But I'm so 20. Yeah, I'll release the album in Germany in 2016, this um, and probably play some festivals in the summer. But mostly, I'm kind of we've this is, year is an early busy year, and I'm just looking forward to a couple couple months off the road and probably start writing the next album. Even though that's kind of how you know, kind of how it happens. You like, mm -hmm. well, true. like this album is just coming out in the states right you know right now. But I'm also I've you know, I've had this album finished for like a year and a half, so I'm kind of like mm -hmm. in my artistic space. I'm like I have been like moving past, you know, this album in a way, mm -hmm. even though it's a lot of the, you know. It's well, it's stuff that you probably wrote a long time ago that you're, but it's now you're just yeah. performing it. So oh, yeah, a long time ago. That's what I figured. Uh, when you write songs, do you just sit there and write them first on an acoustic guitar and then get your get your band together and play or, or how are you just um, that's, that's mostly how, the, how I wrote this last record mm -hmm. I think when I write you know I think I'll like, collaborate a lot more on some of the new stuff that I'm writing and stuff so how, the new stuff that you're writing is is how the style it, has it compared to this is it kind of uh, I haven't really started writing it yet okay so it's in your head it's going to come out uh -huh. All right, Mike, it was a pleasure, and we'll get this out, okay? Awesome. Okay, Sharice, thank you so much for talking uh, to me. All right, thanks. We'll see you later. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Good. Okay, bye. You're listening to Rock at Night. Thanks for the intro melody. It's called Get On Down by Billy Bass Alford. Thanks. <laughs>